Hey, beloved, welcome to another End of the Week show. Got a great show for you tonight. I love End of the Week shows because we get to talk about a lot of things. I got a lot of topics to cover. We're going to talk about Adele. We're going to talk about Joe Biden. We're going to talk about why rent is so high in America. Because a lot of people can't afford to pay for rent. And it keeps going up, okay? I got some best things that I've seen all week for you. And some of these are going to make you cry. Because, you know, this is the crying show. People cry on this show. Have you noticed that? Yes. And we're going to do some Ask Dr. Sean. You guys sent me some incredibly interesting questions, and I dare and deign to answer them. So listen, strap in, people. Settle in. Take your shoes off. Get you something to drink of whatever kind you like, because we're about to have a good time here at the Book of Sean. Play the bumper highly headlines. So let's talk about Joe Biden, okay? We're going to talk about Joe Biden, okay? Some of this you're going to like. Some of this you're not going to like, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Very recently, this week, Joe Biden signed the $750 billion bill that includes policies for health care, taxes, climate change, and the bill is without question a victory for his administration. Now, this is on top of, by the way, the American Rescue Plan, which gave $1.9 trillion to help fight COVID, put money back in the economy, and back into the pockets of ordinary Americans. $160 million went directly into the pockets of, of American citizens. It helped with food. The bill helped with food assistance and rental assistance and provided aid for small businesses, not to mention the child tax credit. This is also not to mention the infrastructure bill that he passed, which provided billions of dollars to rebuild American bridges and roads and ultimately to hire Americans to rebuild those bridges and roads. And when you add up the Inflation Reduction Act and you add up, you know, the American Rescue Plan and the infrastructure bill, Joe Biden, contrary to what people are saying about him, might be one of the most legislative consequential presidents we've had in modern history. Joe Biden has had more legislative victories than Barack Obama. I know that makes you upset, but it's true. Obama had one. He has more legislative victories than George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, George H.W. Bush, Ronald Reagan, definitely Jimmy Carter, and definitely Gerald Ford. I would say that probably Nixon and Johnson had more, but quietness is kept. Joe Biden is stacking up some victories, people. Now, he may not look very excited (laughs) or sometimes aware, but the truth of the matter is he is becoming a consequential president in American history. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And did I mention the gun reform bill? Right. He was able to get through the House and the Senate and sign on his desk a bill that brought some level of reform to gun policy in this country. And did I mention that gas prices have gone down considerably? Did I mention that part too? Because that's the part I really care about, them gas prices, Jesus. Huh? I'm just saying. I mentioned all this because there's a lot of people running around talking about how Joe Biden's not doing anything. He's not doing anything. Apparently, people, that's not true. Apparently, that's not the case, okay? Because when you can pass an infrastructure bill, gun safety reform, uh, inflation act, 
huh? The American Rescue Plan, you rolled out COVID vaccines, you apparently are doing something. And of course, there are a lot of black people saying that Joe Biden didn't do nothing for black people. That we shouldn't be excited to vote for him because he's doing nothing for black people. As if black people didn't get some of those checks. As if black people, you know, didn't benefit from having a COVID vaccine. As if black people won't be hired to build some of those bridges and roads when the infrastructure bill kicks in. I saw some folks on social media saying the other day, Joe Biden's not a good president. He's not true to black folks because he promised to deal with student debt and he hasn't done it. And he hasn't done it, by the way. You're right. But since when is it okay to look at the one thing somebody hasn't done and to define them by that and to ignore all the other good things that they have done? And that's why I wanted to bring this to you because we need to understand something very critical and very important. Watch people who can only see what you don't do well or what you haven't done, and they ignore all the things that you actually do. Because those are the kind of people that can't be trusted. And more than that, those are the kind of people who will never be satisfied. And you have to make up in your mind, and you have to make a decision if whether you're going to spend the rest of your time trying to satisfy people who will never be happy or celebrate and enjoy the victories that you've actually accomplished in the company and in the presence of people who are excited about what you've done. So, I know for some of you I haven't changed your mind about Joe Biden, but the truth of the matter is, when you got receipts, I don't need to. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. Let's talk about Adele. Let's talk about Adele. Oscar's here today. Steve-O's not here. Two, three's not here. Uh, but Oscar's here. Oscar's here. You don't see him, but he's over there. Let's talk about Adele. Oscar, I mentioned you because I don't normally do celebrity news. That's not what I do. We have other shows on this network who do celebrity whatever they do. I don't normally do that. Um, but I saw this story, and I thought I had, like, a moral obligation to just mention it, okay? Now, what I do with a story is not what anybody else is going to do with a story, okay? So you know what I'm about to give you is not where anybody else is about to go. So just, just, just strap in, because this is going to be a little ride. So I saw recently um, that Adele in Elle magazine said that she's never been more in love than she is uh, with her uh, boyfriend, Rich Paul. She went on to say that she's obsessed with Rich Paul. She loves him so much, you know, wants to have babies with him, which is a wonderful thing, by the way. I'm 100% for people falling in love. Listen, you ain't going to never hear me talk poo-poo on love, okay? I'm like the guy who stands up for it, right? Love, I'm, I'm, I want people to fall in love and to have love as much as possible. But it was a part of what Adele said that sort of concerned me. And that is that she's obsessed with her boyfriend, Rich Paul. Obsessed with him. And, 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 and while, again, I want them to be happy, just to be clear, I, wa I want them to have joy and love and longevity and success and family and everything that they want to have and believe that they deserve to have, and even more, by the way. I want them to get more than what they even imagined, exceedingly and abundantly, just, just to be clear. I'm not poo-poo in their relationship at all. I don't do that. But, but, but I, thought it, I thought it very important to suggest to you that being obsessed with someone should not be the goal of good love, okay? The goal of good love is not obsession. Come on now, talk to me. Now, I understand what Adele meant, so, so let me just put that out there. 
I understand what she's trying to say, that she's enthralled, right? That she's enraptured, she's caught up, right? She's completely committed. She's fully present. She's attuned. She's connected. I, I get what she's saying, but language is important, okay? And it's for everybody else out there that uses this word obsessed. I'm obsessed with my girlfriend. I'm obsessed with my boyfriend. I'm obsessed. Stop. Obsession is not the goal of good love, people. Write it down if you need to see it later. <laughs> okay? Being so into someone that in the process of being into them, you lose yourself and you can't find your way or track your way back to the best of who you are because you're so concerned about the best of what they are. That's not the goal of good love, okay? It's not a good thing. You should not be the moon that orbits somebody else's earth or the earth that orbits somebody else's sun. You need to understand that you have your own atmosphere. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying to you? This is important because thinking that you can't live with someone is how people end up not having a life at all. And it's how people end up handing their lives over to other people and you never know what people are going to do when you hand them and give them too much. Because people who can handle what little bit you give them now may not be able to handle the, 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 the exuberant amount that you give them later because you're obsessed. <laughs> Stop being obsessed. It's not healthy. Okay? It's entirely reasonable to love somebody with all your heart. That makes absolute sense to me. Okay? But you should always keep some of that love for yourself. Don't ever give somebody so much of what you have that you never have just enough for you to keep you going. All of your love and attention and focus and dedication and honor and, and all of that should not be directed outwardly at somebody else. You got to give that some of that back to yourself. I, I told you the story before. When my mom used to cook Thanksgiving, she'd always keep a fork on the side, right? And, and while she was cooking the meal and the food, she would take that fork and she put it in a pot and she would taste some of it herself. Because she wanted, to, she wanted to give herself some of what she was feeding us to make sure that it was good. That's, a, that, that's the goal of good love. The goal of good love is that you always leave some of what you're giving to them for you. So that you can fill your own cup. And whatever runs over and out of your cup, you give to them. But they're not there to fill your cup because nobody else can fill your cup but you people. You following me? Now, I understand what, what Adele is saying. I understand that she's happy, and I want her to be happy. Especially you lose all that weight, you deserve to be happy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Congratulations on both fronts, Adele. I'm trying to be like you when I grow up. But be very careful. The language you employ, and be very careful that you don't lose yourself entirely. So much so that you'll be counting on your boyfriend or your girlfriend or, who, or your job or whoever to do something for you that you can only do for yourself because filling your own cup is your job all right let's do at least one more let's talk about liz cheney i go from adele to liz cheney this is what i do from adele to liz cheney that's not a subtle change but but here we are <laughs> so wyoming representative liz cheney who is and was one of the most outspoken republican critics of Do donald trump lost her primary bid this week. And while I am no fan of the Republican Party, God knows I am not, and tr quite frankly, for the most part, no fan, absolutely no fan of Liz Cheney, whose politics I absolutely deplore, I have to admit that I kind of, I was kind of rooting for her. 
I was kind of hoping she would win. I know. I am nobody's Republican. I'm nobody's conservative. I am very much a progressive liberal guy, okay? I, I don't apologize for it. If you don't like it, that's fine with me. Go and send no more. But, but as a progressive liberal, I was actually rooting for her. And Liz Cheney and I don't agree on anything. <clears throat> we don't agree on racism, being real in America and alive and active. We don't agree, agree on reparations. We don't agree on affirmative action. We don't agree that a government has a particular responsibility to help poor people within its midst. We don't agree on that. She don't think that. We don't agree that a woman, a woman rather, should have the right to decide what she should do with her body. She don't agree with that. We don't agree. And we don't agree on her father. Because I think her father should be in jail. I think the man is a war criminal. So we don't agree on nothing. The only thing Liz Cheney and I agree on is the fact that democracy must survive and that Donald Trump must never be president of the United States again. Now, those two things, Liz Cheney and I agree on. And she's been an absolute delight to watch on the January 6th committee hearings because Liz Cheney got a little shade in her. She, she knows how to throw a little shade. And those are the only two things that we agree on. And because we agree on those things, I was kind of rooting for her, okay? And I'm mentioning all of this and bringing all of this to you so that all of us can understand a very important lesson. It's a very simple lesson, but it's important. And here it is. Sometimes the people you have had a consistent disagreement with can every now and then line up on the right side of the issue. That you can be in constant disagreement with somebody, but every now and then they get on the right side of the issue. And when they do, you need to put aside what your historical beef has been and allow them and welcome them into the truth. You see, there are a lot of people who you have consistent historical conflicts, disagreements with on a, on a myriad of issues. But sometimes you can line up with them on the big issues. And don't let your small things keep you from lining up with people when, with respect to the big things. See, here it is. I think it's important to agree with people that, on the things that you can agree with them on. And to leave the things that you can agree with, let them be what they are. Or let them be what they were. You see, it's the big things that ought to determine the quality and the tone of a relationship. And when the two of you have the big things in common, you go forward with that. And I'm not just talking about Liz Cheney. I'm talking about the people in your life. There are some people over the last week that you've had some conflicts with. Y'all have had a couple of disagreements in the kitchen. Come on now. In the living room, y'all haven't been getting along. But if I can be rooting for Liz Cheney, then you ought to be rooting for your wife and your husband and your boyfriend and your girlfriend or your children, in spite of the fact that this week they've been getting on your nerves. Because it's the bigger picture that matters. And when the day is getting on your nerves, remember that the two of you have a destiny. And that is what you should lean into. Let's take a break, people. I'll be back with a little more headlines right after this. Hey, everybody. So, here at the end of the week, I have the wonderful opportunity to just run through a bunch of issues and concerns and stories that we pick up along the way over the course of the week that I think are absolutely interesting and important, right? And not all of them are serious. Some, sometimes they, they, make us, they make us laugh. But, but this happens to be a serious story because we need to talk about housing in America, okay? And if you are a renter, if you're watching right now and you rent, it means you don't own, you're not paying a mortgage, you're paying rent, 
you need to listen to this story, okay? Because this is important. <clears throat> this story is going to make you, uh, it's going to get your hackles up. So apparently, the majority of Americans in this country are worried about how much they have to pay for housing, and rightly so. Because everyone who is a renter in this country knows that rent is at an all-time high. And 60% of renters saw their rent increase over the past year. So if you're renting over the past year, you've seen your rent go up exponentially in some cases, depending on what city that you live in. But 60% of all renters across the country have seen an increase of whatever sort. Now, couple this with the fact, are you still with me? That while 60% of renters have seen their rent go up, wages have remained stagnant. Only 38% of us have seen our wages go up. So wages have remained pretty much the same while your rent goes up. So wages stay stagnant and your rent goes up. That's, in case you're lost, that's a recipe for a disaster. You maybe you don't get disaster. That's a recipe for homelessness. <laughs> you will end up sleeping in your car. If your rent keeps going up and your wages stay stagnant or either it'll either go down. And that's where 60% of renters in this country find themselves. And that's why so many people are now housing insecure. And I don't care what anybody says. There is no justification at all that in a rich country, you have people who cannot afford housing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. As a matter of fact, I don't even understand why is the rent going up? Let's talk about that for a second. Why, why is the rent going up? It's not like the apartment got any bigger. It's not like the bathroom got more luxurious. It's not like somebody came in and added more square footage to my bedroom. Why, why is the rent going up? There have been no improvements. It's the same apartment. It's the same living room. It's the same faucet. <laughs> and yet you get to ask me for more money? At, at, le at least with manufacturers, manufacturers could say that because of COVID, it became more expensive to produce or to manufacture products. But what are landlords manufacturing that's different? Nothing. It's the same apartment before, during, and after the pandemic. And yet the rent keeps going up. Somebody explain this to me. Because I need to know what is it that a landlord is doing that's so remarkably different now in 2022 that he or she wasn't doing in 2019. Come on, tell me, because I don't get it. I could be wrong, and I'm not an economist, okay? Admittedly, I'm not an economist, although I tried to read that book by Thomas Petketty, which everybody claims to have read, but nobody actually read. Whole nother subject. I'm not an economist, but I think it's about greed, Okay. I think that landlords realize there's more money circulating in the economy and they have figured out a way to squeeze more of it out of renters so that they could put it in their pocket. I think it's all about greed. Greed, greed, greed. People are just greedy, wanting more money and trying to figure out a way to get it. And, and I always tell you guys this, the, Amer the problem with the American dream is that it's financial and not ethical. And rent going up you know, to me, is a wonderful example of the American dream. And what's wrong with it? Let me get as much from you as I possibly can. And even if it puts you in jeopardy of being homeless, I don't care. 
Let me put more money in my pocket, more money in my pocket, more money in my pocket. And even if your family, you and your wife and your kids, or your husband and your kids, or your whoever and your kids end up on the street, not my problem. That's what's wrong with the American dream. If you make a dollar, we, we, we celebrate you. But if you hurt people making the dollar, eh, you know, laissez-faire, capitalism. Listen, man. 60% of renters in this country should not be insecure about where they're going to live. Not because they should not be responsible for themselves, for indeed they should. But this is a rich country. And we can find money for the things that we value. And we ought to value our citizens, our people, men and women having places to live. That ought to be something that we value. And if you really want to solve this problem, and if you continue to make rent go up, how about you start paying people more so that they can keep up with the cost of living? How about that? I should be president. All right, let's move on. Oh, this story. I'm running out of time. But this, but this I like to bring you stories. Listen to this. I like to bring you stories that show America's unique propensity for stupidity. Okay? And this is one of those. This story highlights America's ignoble silliness. So, welcome to American Crazy. Did you hear about the story about the black firefighter in upstate New York named Gerard Jones? Gerard Jones is a 14-year veteran in the Rochester Fire Department, and he's seeking, check this out, a $4 million uh, judgment and damages after his captain, Jeffrey Kyrie, took him and three other firefighters to a private party, keep listening, where people were mocking Juneteenth with buckets of chicken and Juneteenth flags. <laughs> First of all, when, I didn't know there was a Juneteenth flag. That's, that's a whole other thing. So Mr. Jones' captain took him to this party, okay? And to make matters worse, Mr. Jones claims, allegedly, to have seen photos of local Democratic politicians on stakes in effigy along with bottles of cognac alongside of Juneteenth cups. Because that's, that's how we celebrate Juneteenth, with cognac and cups. The Rochester F <laughs> Fire Chief Philip Hernandez called the accusations unacceptable. He said that they were a front to everyone who works in the fire department there. And after an internal investigation, Mr. Kyrie um, the guy who took Mr. Jones to the party has been suspended. I'm not sure why he hasn't been fired, but he's been suspended. And only, oh, only in America can a white guy take a black guy to a Juneteenth party that mocks Juneteenth and the white guy not expect the black guy to have a problem with it. We call that hubris. Like, he didn't think that Mr. Jones was going to have a problem with people mocking Juneteenth. He, he thought Miss, he thought he thought Gerard Jones was going to be okay with it. Like, it's okay. Mock my heritage, my people, my journey, my, my culture, my freedom. No problem. I won't tell anybody you did this. What was he thinking? It's American craziness. That's why I'm doing this story, so we can have our own little moment together about American craziness. But since Juneteenth is a national holiday, I think that the black community, we're going to have to lay down and make it clear to everybody else, what should and should not happen on Juneteenth, okay? Because if we, do, if we let folks decide this for themselves, we're going to end up with a lot of this kind of foolishness. 
And this is also what happens when you make Juneteenth about picnics and family reunions. Juneteenth is not just a, a day for parties and picnics and family reunions and, 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 and barbecue and cognac, apparently. There's a, there's a deep spiritual significance to this particular holiday because this is the day when black folks after 400 years came into the emancipation that they deserved and heard about it and received it. There's a deep spiritual significance to that. And we need to start treating this holiday with the seriousness and the significance that it deserves. Because if we don't, then we give other people the opportunity to treat it the way that they want to treat it. If we just make it into a party, then they're going to turn it into something bombastic. You follow what I'm saying? There's a reason why, and I don't mean to be racial here, but there's, there's a reason why white folks have not been really able to play around with Martin Luther King Day. It's because we treat it as a day of seriousness, as a day of reflection and worship. I'm just saying, maybe we should do the same thing with Juneteenth. Because our freedom is not to be taken for granted, and it must not be taken lightly. All right, I got to take a break. I got to take a break. This is break time? I got to take a break. Um, when we come back, when we come back, I got a few more stories for you. I'm going to do a story on menstrual products. I know. I know. You're going to want to hear me try to do this. <laughs> and I have some best things that we've seen all week. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. Some great videos. You don't want to miss it, all right? So we will be right back. And when we return, more of the Book of Sean right after this. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. So as promised, <laughs> I'm going to talk about menstrual products. <laughs> but this is a great story, okay? I, 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 this is a great story. And it, and it is instructive for America. So check this out. Menstrual products, including tampons and pads, will be available for free of charge in public facilities, not in America, but in Scotland. Shout out to Scotland. There's a new law in Scotland, and it is the first of its kind in the entire world, which says that period products must be available to access in public buildings and in schools and universities all over Scotland, and they must be free. Yes. I'm not a woman. I've never been a woman. I don't want to be a woman, although there's nothing wrong with women, obviously. It's just not my thing, okay? It's not what I want to be. But this makes total sense to me, and I'm not even a woman. Imagine if I was a woman how I would feel about this, that getting a menstrual product in a public facility, how is that not already free? I don't understand. I'm so, I'm so confused. Matter of fact, because I am a guy, I don't, I don't really track menstrual products, I have to admit that I, always, I thought they were free. I thought they were already, like, available, but apparently not. Appa apparently not, people, okay? When you go, let me ask you a question. For, for those of you, for, for guys, for example, who, who may not get this, or some women who may not get it, when you go to a public restroom, do you have to pay for the toilet tissue? or the soap, or the water, or the napkins, or the little thing they put in the urinal, <laughs> the little yellow thing. No, we don't pay for any of that. Because as it relates to normal bodily functions, right, we have to sort of get things out, the bodily function. We don't have to pay for any of that. So why, does, why should a woman have to pay for her bodily functions, which are as normal and as regular and as human and as biological as anything that, that, that we do. You know what the difference is? Men don't have menstrual cycles. That's the difference. Come on, y'all ain't talking now. 
I bet you that if men had menstrual cycles, every menstrual product would be free and available everywhere. That's the difference. The only difference is it doesn't affect men, and because it doesn't affect men, men don't care about it. So let the women pay for it. It's amazing to me, man. I never understood, and I will never probably understand, why Western culture does not honor and respect women more. Western culture has this antipathy towards women. And you say, you know, the, 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 the prototypical you know, a Western American man is a heterosexual, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, just because you like to have sex with women doesn't mean that you love them. Teach, Dr. Sean. Just because you like to have sex with a woman doesn't mean that you honor, cherish, or care about them. It just means that you need to have your own creature cravings taken care of, and that's what you're attracted to. And we should never confuse the fact that a man may be attracted to a woman and wants to sleep with a woman we should never confuse that to also mean he cares about the woman that he's sleeping with. Because in Western culture, Western culture doesn't care about women. In fact, Western culture hates everything that's feminine. Feminine men, feminine boys, ultra-feminine women, feminine products. Western culture has no concern for anything feminine. We, Western culture rejects it and defines masculinity against femininity. You are only, ma- you are only a man insofar as you are completely far away from being a woman. As this femininity has nothing to offer, when indeed it does. Femininity is a gift from God in as much as masculinity is. And there's some things that only feminine, the feminine spirit, the feminine energy can see that the masculine energy and spirit can't pick up on. There are things that a woman can identify that I can't track. There are things that I can track that she can't identify. That's called the beauty of diversity. And I wish I lived in a world where people understood the gift and the genius and the power of femininity and honored it and respected it and made room for it. And at the very least, made the products that a woman needs to maintain her femininity, her place in this great biological garden free. Because that's the least we should, we, we, we should be able to do for half the species that is responsible for more of us getting here. And the process by which that happens should be something that we celebrate and honor and make easy. Because from what I hear, it's a lot of pain. All right, people. This is the part of the show, I was going to say story, part of the show where I get to give you some of the best things that I've seen all week. Play the bumper, Holly. Yes, 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 yes. All right. So I got to squeeze a lot of things in here, okay? Um, So I want you to look at this video of a teenage boy who's receiving his first birthday cake from his adoptive parents. Play the clip, Holly. <laughs> He's like the hell with that cake. 
I'm into the love. He's like, love. I lo- Listen, come on, right? Come on. You got to love that. You got you to gotta love people being so happy about being loved that they forget about the thing that somebody gave them to remind them of how much they loved them. This is great. Does that make you feel good? Okay. Well, I got one more for you before I take this break. Um, so this is also one of the best things that I've seen all week. And um, part of this story is going to make you happy. Part of this story is going to make you mad. But a little duality in your life ain't going to kill you. The United States Army is developing, for the first time, Oscar, a tactical bra for female soldiers. See? I did menstrual products, now I'm doing bras. <laughs> that kind of day. So check this out. Put that back up there, John. The bra is still in development, and if approved by the Uniform Board of the Army, it will be the first uniform, official uniform bra that the Army has offered its female soldiers in the history of the Army. And in the history of the armed services, okay? So this is exactly what I'm talking about with respect to Western culture and women. You mean to tell me that nobody thought of this before? So nobody came along and said, you know what? We should probably have a bra that, you know, is tactical for the female soldiers. You know, it's heat resistant. You know, it's whatever, 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 whatever tactical means. I'm not getting into all that, getting in trouble on TV. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But nobody said we should do this. Why hasn't this happened already, people? You th- if men had breasts, there would have been a bra 300 years ago that the army would have been using. The only reason there isn't is because it's women. And having breasts is feminine. And we don't like none of that. Okay? Never before. Has anybody in the army thought, I'm so confused. You know why I'm so confused? Women were legally allowed to be in the armed services starting in 1948. Harry Truman signed into law the law that would allow women to be in the armed services. And prior to that, women have been involved in every single conflict in this country's history for the past 200 years. 200 years. So long before 1948, women were involving themselves in American wars. And at no point in the past 200 years, certainly since 1948, did the armed services say, you know what? We ought to have a special rendering of a bra to support our women in war. Nobody, nobody thought that was important. Nobody considered that to be something we should at least do for the soldiers who risked their lives for a country that will not consider what their needs are while they fight for the country who ignores them. Okay, I gotta take a break, okay? When I come back, I got some more best things that I've seen all week. I may have a couple of headlines too, but I just, I just want that whole bra thing to just sit, on, sit in your spirit. That it's 2022, and this is the first time the armed services have decided that women should have some tactical support. We'll be right back. Everybody, welcome back, everybody. So I, I couldn't, I was talking to Oscar over here, and I, I couldn't get that, that whole bra story out of my, out of my consciousness because who, whoever developed this thing or whoever is developing this tactical bra should, should get, like, a, a promotion, right? They should get a promotion or a raise or something. But I bet you they won't. I bet you they will get a promotion or a raise because it's something that's going to help women. It's America. This is America. I don't know. Anyway, 
let's let's go back up to let's get out of the valley and go back up to the mountain. Highly play a bumper. <laughs> now this is one of the best things that I've seen all week. Okay? Yes, this, this made my big toe shoot up in my boot. You ready for this? Drum roll, people. California, starting this school semester, which is coming up, cool school year, rather, coming up, will be the first state in the nation to offer all of its students from kindergarten to high school free meals no matter who they are. You clapping? Oscar's giving me the thumb. Isn't that amazing? Yes. And look how cute that kid is, by the way. That little cute kid should get a bunch of free meals. Look how cute she is, little Snooky Snoop. <laughs> I like kids. <laughs> free meals for the kids, people. Who's not clapping? If you're not clapping about this, you are going to a hot place that's not heaven. It's the opposite. Free meals. This is a big deal. This is what I'm talking about. This is why you have government. This is why you have government. And shout out to Gavin Newsom, because Gavin Newsom is the one that signed this bill into law. This, this, yeah, this bill into, I said it right. I thought I got it wrong. This bill, because it's a bill before you were law. This bill into law um, last year. And now it's finally kicking in this year. So shout out to Governor Gavin Newsom. Sir, we tip our hats to you. We give you a standing ovation. And all of the legislative people who help you put this in place. Because, I listen. In a rich country, there should be no such thing as hungry children. And nobody's going to convince me that that's not true. Okay? If a, if, if, listen, if you can spend $56 billion on a bomb, you can spend the sufficient amount of money to feed a kid in a class. In a classroom. I mean, come on. I'm happy about this, okay? You know, I know, I know a, lot, a lot of spiritual people watch this show. And if you're part of a certain spiritual tradition, you think that smoking and drinking and fornicating, that those are sins. But let, but let me show you what a real sin is. A real sin is a hungry kid in a rich country. That's a real sin. You're smoking and drinking and fornicating, we can debate on that. Because, you know, Jesus did turn water into wine. I'm just saying. But a hungry kid, that he never let happen. Okay. And so we need to expand our list of what we think to be moral, what we think to be sinful, really all about. So I, I, I want to celebrate this, and I want to say quite frankly um, that letting a kid go hungry in your midst is a sin against God and a sin against humanity. And thankfully, the state of California has decided to stop sinning. <laughs> you didn't see that coming, did you, Oscar? I turned the corner on you. All right, people. Um, I got one more best things to do before I do a little bit of Ask Dr. Sean. Um, and this video is a video of a grandson who is showing appreciation and love for his grandfather. Let's take a look at this one. What did you do? So, you know I got two home runs, you right? You got two jacks. And then my grand slam, uh, I signed the ball for you. Okay. And it says, uh, no. I'll put a date out for you. And it says, Papa, I love you. Why did you do that? Because you've taught me everything about baseball. Oh, honey, honey. That was so sweet. I put it right on my, I put it right on my, oh, God, that was so good. Wow, honey. Woo! 
that's sweet. <laughs> you know, the best part is when, he's, when he says, why did you do that? Like, like, like it was a problem. Like, why are you making me cry right now? Because, you know, he did the grandpa didn't want that's, that's, You got to have something warm and fuzzy in your life, people, okay? There it is. We gave it to you here at the Book of Sean. I just think that's great. I think it's great when people are so happy that they cry. You got to be, especially if you're a man, okay? I'm not, I'm, you know, listen, if you, guys are not conditioned to cry in this, in this country. And if you're, if you're so happy as a man and you start crying, you are really happy. And we need to see more men happy, especially more white men, by the way. <laughs> I'm just saying, the more, the more white men are happy, the less they are prone to do other crazy stuff like storm capitals and shoot up malls and, you know, stores. I made that really dark at the end. I don't know, I don't know why I did that. All right. Um, am I taking a break? What am I doing? We're going to do some Ask Dr. Sean? Let's do some Ask Dr. Sean, people. Holly, pray the bumper. All right. So you guys always send me amazing videos. And uh, here at the end of the week, um, the videos get even better. So let's take a look at this one. Dr. Sean, my name is Marion from Gary, Indiana. I'm 73 year old, 73 years old, and I have a problem. My son doesn't want me to date younger men. How do I tell him to stay out of my business? Could you give me some advice, Dr. Sean? <laughs> First of all, I love her so much. I just, I love the pregnant pauses. I love what she, she did this. <laughs> I love her. All right. Um, first of all, ma'am, I'm surprised you even need my advice because my sense of you, your, how you come across, is that you don't have a problem telling people stuff. And it could be because you have this relationship with your son and you love him. Sometimes when you love somebody, that's the person you are not your normal way with, right? The rest of the world, you can just put them in their place. But when it comes to the person you love, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm doing. So let me help you. You are 70-something years old, I think you said. Um, you grown. <laughs> you, you get to date at seven. Let me tell you something. Let's make this about me. <laughs> Let's let me when I get to be 70-something years old, I'm dating whoever I damn well please. I don't care what my kids think. They don't get a vote. You don't get a vote, you don't get a veto, you don't even get a voice, okay? Mother, you have earned the right to date younger men. If, that, if younger men want to date you and you want to date them, who can have a problem with that? Just tell your son how you feel and tell your son it's none of his business and tell your son that while you love him, there are limits to what he can have input and, and control over and that you this is your life and as you are in the golden um, summit, nadir, height um, uh, of your life that you want to be able to do it the way you want to do it so that when life is over, you will have no regrets. And, and this is not about how who you date makes him feel. Get, he needs to get his own life. He needs to find somebody for him to date and marry, okay? And, and, and here we go. Back again with women. When an older man dates a younger woman, right, nobody has a problem with that. In fact, we, we, get, we get a dude standing ovation. We be in the locker room dapping him up like, bro, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So why is it a problem when an older woman dates a younger man? What's the difference? What is the difference? There is no difference, except that we are sexist and misogynist. So mother, my dear sister, you going out there and you get your date on, you hear me? Because at 70 years old, if you are still you know, active and excited about love and relationship, you deserve it. Go get it, have it, enjoy it. And, and not just your son. Be able to tell people that this is the season of my life where I need to do some things for me, right? That I've, I spent my whole life dedicated to you. I spent my whole life giving to you and making sure that you are okay. And this is the season where I do that for me. And anybody who can't understand that, listen, I'm not sure if that's your problem. I'm not sure if you should spend the rest of your years worrying about how your joy makes other people feel, how your happiness makes other people uncomfortable. If my happiness makes you uncomfortable, then guess what? Prepare to be uncomfortable. You know how that goes? All right, good luck with that, mother. Am I taking a break? What am I doing? Am I doing another one? All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. So let's do a little more Ask Dr. Sean. And someone DM'd me this question. I caught my boyfriend watching gay porn. When I confronted him, he said, he's not gay, but he likes to watch different types of porn to keep things spicy in our bedroom. Should I consider this a red flag? And should I be concerned that he might be bisexual? <laughs> Let's all take a deep breath as we answer this together. This is probably a red flag but a red flag in the sense that there's probably a little more to his sexual fluidity and interest and curiosity than previously declared, stated, and made known to you. I don't, I would, I'm not gonna say it's a red flag because it's a problem from where I sit, <laughs> but it may be a problem for you in the sense that you may not wanna be with someone who has fluidity in their sexuality. In which case then, you it is a red flag so I think that when things like this happen I think it's an opportunity for you to practice a certain level of kindness and a certain level of I don't know compassion because all the times you've told this person this young man that you love him and care about him and he's all that and all this to you now is the time for you to actually practice it to put it into practice because it's not love until somebody does something you don't like it's not love until somebody messes up and makes you wonder, should I be with them or not? Now you have to summon compassion and kindness to talk to him in a way that doesn't degrade, demean, and destroy him, but gets the information that you need so that you can make a decision. Because let me be honest with you, you have the right to be with who you want to be with. And if you don't want to be with someone, you know, who for whatever reason is fluid in their sexuality or curious in their porn, porn, pornographic interest, that's your right, and you have the right to express that and to, and to do that. But it's how you do it that's going to matter. Because all you have is what he's telling you. And perhaps you don't know the whole story or the whole journey. But I promise you, if you make, it, if you make him rather more comfortable telling you the truth, he's more likely to give it to you. People withhold information that other people need when they feel like they're going to be condemned and punished and attacked for giving them the information out. When you make people feel like this is information that we can talk about, we can reason about, and we can understand each other better, he's more likely to come closer to the truth that you need to make the decision that you deserve and you have the right to make. So I think you talk to him, and I think you talk about what it is, 
both of you want out of this and how you've grown and changed. Because somebody watching gay porn may or may not necessarily make somebody gay or may or may not necessarily make somebody bi. It does make them different than how you met them. And that's your entry into the conversation. He, he obviously isn't comfortable having a conversation about being gay or bi, but he probably more comfortable having a conversation about being different, having grown and evolved. And maybe through the lens of that, you can get closer to what it is you really want to know. Okay? All right, I think I got time for one more. Um, I've been dating a woman for two months. She told me she was just diagnosed with cancer and has to start chemotherapy immediately. I like her, but I'm not interested in sticking around while she goes through her health crisis because I barely know her and it's too much pressure for me. How's it too much pressure for you? You ain't the one going through chemo. Anyway, how do I tell her how I feel without coming across like a bad person? Oh, Jesus, Oscar. You guys really do, they really do send me great questions, don't they? This, this is an interesting question because I just said in the last answer, you have the right to date who you want to date, and you, you do. But you also have a moral obligation to try to be a better person. And I realize that you don't really know her, so maybe you don't want to be wrapped up in all the sickness and all that, but how do you just walk out on somebody, you know, who's about to go through the hardest thing in their lives? You said you liked her, so keep liking her. Doesn't mean you have to date her, but you can at least be a friend. How do you ghost somebody who's about to do the hardest thing they've ever done? Deal with cancer. So no, you don't have to, you know, call your girlfriend. The relationship may change, but it doesn't have to be dissolved. She is not a person on your phone, on your social media feed that you can just unfollow. (laughs) There's an actual person who you said you liked. So go ahead and put that likiness into practice. And how about you find some higher virtues, some deeper morals in yourself that would not allow you to just throw people away when they become inconvenient because they're sick. I can't deal with all that. It's too much pressure. It's too much pressure for you. You ain't the one with cancer. You ain't the one. And you, and you said you barely know us. Why is it too much pressure for you? It's not too much pressure for you. You just want a situation where you can get what you want when you want it without any problems. Well, welcome to life, my friend. It don't work like that. People come with difficulties. People come with hardships and challenges. And if you're going to love people, you got to love all of who they are. Learn that lesson now. You'll never be married. (laughs) All right, man. I've enjoyed this end of the week. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you've had a great time. I release you and turn you over to do great things the rest of this weekend. Y'all be amazing, all right? And be good to each other. Because I love you. How about that? Planning your summer picnic, backyard adventure, or beach day? Jersey Mike's has got you covered with everything you need to beat the summer heat. With cold subs, crunchy chips, and cold drinks. Order on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home. Or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's. Be a sub above.